Again, good morning and welcome uh, to Easter service. That's like our fourth time telling you in case you didn't realize that you had come here on Easter, uh, one of the two famous guilt holidays. Uh, I, I am so glad you're here. If this is your first time in 52 weeks, welcome to church. If this is your 52nd time in 52 weeks, welcome to church. I'm so glad you're here. Today actually happens to mark uh, our... Uh, our church's anniversary. We started uh, eight years ago uh, on a Easter in 2014, and so happy birthday, Jericho Road Church, and I'm so glad you all are here. We're in family service, so that means there's going to be some squeaking and squawking from little ones, and it is absolutely okay. At least someone's awake for the sermon, and so uh, let them squeak, squawk. Now, if they're wailing, crying, then maybe a uh, step right outside there or, or right outside here and then comfort them and come on back. But uh, we understand there's kids here and we want the kids here and we're glad uh, we can gather together multi-generational from, from babies to some of us that are less baby-like. And so glad you guys are here this morning. Uh, our church does some shouts and so we're going to start out with those this morning. I always ask, what do we do? We love God and we love others. And then what do we say? I love God, and I love you, and I pray that is true this morning. So uh, what a glorious blessing it is to be right here with all of you this morning. I was trying to think about, is there any other place I would rather be? So usually we want to be around uh, loved ones and people we care about, and, and I'm so blessed that my family is here, my immediate family and my extended family is here, and, and so I was thinking, on the planet, I wouldn't rather be at Mariner's Church, I wouldn't rather be at Saddleback, I would, I would rather be no other place than right here this morning with you, celebrating Easter, as we join billions of Christians throughout this planet. There's thousands and thousands of churches we can be at, but this morning we're together right here at Jericho Road Church, and, and there's something important and, and valuable about being together as a community and, and uh, celebrating not just us as a church, but with the whole world as billions of people celebrate the resurrected Christ, and so we join them. Now, now we're on the tail end of the, you know, the time zones. It starts in Asia, and it moves all the way here. So it's just us and then Hawaii that's left, and then that's the end of Easter today. And so, so we're on the tail end of the worship. For the last uh, you know, whole day, people throughout this world have been worshiping God and celebrating Easter. And so today we celebrate that day that uh, uh, Jesus was resurrected from the dead as he said he would. His resurrection is historic proof that he is who he says he is, and he can do the things that he said he can do. On Friday, we celebrated that he was crucified, he was dead, and he was buried. But, but on Sunday, Easter Sunday, his heart beats. He is alive. And that, that's really great for Jesus, that he didn't stay dead, that he's alive. But, but it's also great for every one of us. It's also great for humanity. It means even more than just like a really cool miracle. It means more than a religious holiday or a guy who was dead but is now alive. But I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. Here's the words of Matthew describing what happened. Now, this isn't new news for most of us. Oh, man, that's exciting. This is not new news for most of us. But it is always good news for all of us. And so here's what we're looking at this morning. In Matthew, he says, After the Sabbath at dawn on the first day, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, they went to look at the tomb. There was this violent earthquake for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and, and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and he sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. And the guards were so afraid of him that they, they shook and they became like dead men. But the angel says to the women, don't you be afraid. 
For I know that you are looking for Jesus who is crucified. He's not here. He's risen. Just as he said he was. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples he has risen from the dead and he's going on uh, ahead of you into Galilee. There you're going to see him. Now I told you. So the women, they heard away from the tomb. They were afraid, rightfully, but they were filled with joy. And, and they uh, ran to tell the disciples. And, and as they were going, suddenly Jesus met them. And Jesus was like, greetings, he said. And they, they came to him, they clasped his feet, they worshipped him. And Jesus said, don't be afraid, go tell my brothers to go to Galilee, where they too are going to see me. Now this, is, this, this resurrection moment is recorded in all four Gospels in the Bible, with different details emerging uh, from the different Gospels. But the bottom line is always the same, that his heart beats. I recently uh, saw this portrayed in a, a, uh, perfectly in a, in a high-budget movie, and I just wanted to show you a little bit uh, of this portrayal in this high-budget movie. Check it out here on this video. <laughs> After Jesus died, they put Jesus in a tomb and wrapped him with some white paper. They put a big stone around it and placed guards in front of the tomb to let nobody go in. He was just waiting for the three days. He's probably drinking soda while eating hot Cheetos. <laughs> he would probably play games like Candyland and then have a party by himself. <laughs> the okay. Easter Bunny was hiding behind a tree. <laughs> he probably went out there and just, just throw eggs everywhere and then he's gonna say, there's one money egg, so you better find it. <laughs> Three days later, there was a big earthquake. <laughs> I think we should go away somewhere safe. It's like, I'm getting out of here. The earth is shaking. Run for your lives. <laughs> and the guards ran off because they got scared. And then on Sunday, Mary and some of her friends came with some spices. But when they got there, the tomb was empty. His clothes only was there. Then an angel came and said, Don't be afraid. Jesus has risen from the dead. Go tell the go tell everyone. Go tell the good news. Pretty sweet, right? So that that's a slightly different retelling of the same narrative, but the bottom line is the same. The bottom line is that his heart beats. Jesus, though crucified and dead and buried, is alive. If you spend any time at church, this may seem quite familiar to you and, and even normal, perhaps, because you've heard it so many times, but I want to remind you that this is not normal. That is not how death usually works. In a couple of occasions in the Bible, God raised other people but in no occasions did someone claim to be God, claim to be able to raise themselves and then follow through on it. If anyone wants to claim to be God, uh, I would actually ask them to do this test first. So say, go ahead and uh, die, and then once you're raised again in three days, then we'll, then we'll talk. This is an incredible, eternity-altering miracle. This, this historic reality of the resurrection is monumental, and it can't be understated. It's the final proof that Jesus is, in fact, God. It's the key to all of Christianity, and it's a historical reality. You can, you can research it. If one of your problems with Christianity is you're not sure that you could just accept it by faith, then I would say don't. 
accept it by thought and reason and historical discovery and go see if there's any validity to the risen Jesus. He then goes on to verify this reality that he's risen by showing up to various people and groups. In 1 Corinthians, Paul writes this, For what I received I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scripture, that he was buried, he was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures, and that, that he appeared to Cephas, also known as Peter, and then the twelve. And after that he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers' sisters at the same time. Most of them are still living, though some have fallen asleep or died. Then he appeared to James and to all the apostles, and of course to the women, it's not recorded here. Uh, and last of all, he appeared to me also. So it's not just a select few people that saw Jesus risen. It's not just one person, as in like Mormonism, God shows up to one guy, Joseph Smith, and he gets all the, the goods, right? And then we're supposed to believe the one guy. And it's not like uh, Islam, where, where God shows up to one prophet, he's the only one that God's speaking to, and then, and then that guy's going to disseminate. But rather, Jesus showed up to hundreds and hundreds of people alive. And these are the same people. He's appearing to them over 40 days. They were there when he was crucified. All of a sudden, he starts showing up at parties. He's showing up in small groups. He's showing up all these different places. And, and they don't, these people, the folks in the New Testament, they, don't, they do not have faith that Jesus is resurrected. They have fact that Jesus is resurrected. They don't, they don't hope it's true. They don't, they don't hope of the reliability of scriptures. They actually saw him. They're like, I, I saw you dead, and now I'm seeing you alive. I'm Jesus was like, touch me, feel me, watch me eat. I'm not a ghost. I am really here, resurrected. And he, and he appeared to, himself, uh, to people over and over and over. They saw him alive in the flesh for a month and a half after his resurrection before he went to heaven. This isn't based on the account of just one person changing or one person getting, seeing God alive. It's the account of hundreds and hundreds of people. Now, this, his resurrection shouldn't have been a surprise for his disciples because before he was uh, killed and then resurrected, he had told them this. John records this. Jesus was talking to a lady, and then his disciples were hearing this. He told this lady, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me, even though they die, and whoever lives by believing me will never die. At the time, this probably seemed like a metaphor, right? He must be metaphorically talking about being the resurrection. But he wasn't. He was talking, talking about actually being the resurrection and demonstrating that, that he has the power to raise someone from death to life, even himself. He did resurrect. His, his heart actually began to beat again. And this was, I've been thinking about this for the last few weeks as I, this was the title of the message, that I wonder at what point on the third day, like was it was it at like three in the morning that all of a sudden he's dead and all of a sudden his heart just like I hear in the background, right? And they're doing that for me. I coordinated it with the other church. Um, that that his heart began to beat. There it is. I, I hear it again. I think that's like some supernatural stuff. Usually we don't like distractions, but that's a fantastic one, right? So his heart began to beat at some point in the night. So his promise given before the events of Easter became a reality. But he didn't give that statement for his benefit. I'm the resurrection and the life. He gave it to our benefit. His heart beats for us. He's promising eternal life to any who believe in him. It doesn't matter your sins or mistakes. It doesn't matter your job or your social position. Nor is it contingent on you being a good person. It doesn't matter if you came here 52 times this year or just this one time this year. Jesus' offer of eternal life is a free gift 
to anyone to take at any time. His heart beats for us. And this statement uh, about being the resurrection, it's not a brag. It's not a flex. It's not saying, you can't kill me. He's not trying to say anything like that. It's a promise to any who would listen. A promise of an eternity of hope. See how the famous author uh, Paul writes it. He writes this, For if we've been united with him, Jesus, in, in a death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin, because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no, long ha- no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. His heart beats so that my heart can beat too. This is Christianity. This reality is the foundation in which believers stand. It's the gift that we have to give to those that are around us. It's it's the thing, when we talk about bringing good news, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about Easter, that, that Jesus, though he died, he was resurrected. Though I die, I too can be resurrected into eternal life with God. This reality that his heart beats so mine can beat makes my current heart beat faster. If I can really grasp this idea that that Jesus came alive so that I could come alive, that changes things right now in my reality. It changes my eternity, but I'm not there yet. It changes my reality. It changes how I navigate with each of you today. It changes how I navigate on this planet, how how I interact with all of the things, my my coworkers or, or the people at the market. It changes everything. If this is true... Everything changes, not just religiously, but it changes how I view the world and and, and ultimately how I view myself. See, this truth, this Jesus, he changed my heart many years ago. When I finally realized that God loved me, not because anything that I had done, because I hadn't done anything, but he loved me even though I was a horrible, messed up sinner that he loved me despite my own brokenness and failures, that I didn't need to earn his love. I didn't need to live up to some expectation in order for him to love me. I didn't need to perform. I don't need to act right, do right, be right. I can't please God. I can't get to heaven on my own. And when I realized that he loved me, even though I had all of that, I have nothing to offer you, God. He says, that's okay, I love you. But God, I'm such a, such a turd, that's the worst word we can use, sorry kids, but such a, such a messed up person. And God says, you know what, I love you. But God, I haven't been praying, I, I haven't talked to you. God, I've rejected you so many times, I've hurt so many people. God looks at you and says, I love you. Yeah, God, but, but what about, what about, and he says, don't worry about what about. What about if you just believe that I love you? Won't that change our reality if, if you can just take it in? Now, I know if, if you're in a place where, where you're skeptical of God or, or maybe you're not unsure of God, what you do is you block all that all the time. God says, I love you. And you're like, no, you can't possibly. You, I, I'm this bad. Or God, I love you. No, but I'm still doing this sin. And, and God said, no, I just love you. Why don't you shut up and accept it? Why don't you just open your arms? God's like, this. let's have a hug. And you're like, yeah, but I'm, uh, yeah, yeah. 
You're the one blocking, not God. God's never rejecting you, and God never has rejected you. He loves you right now. He loves you if you mess up tomorrow. He loved you the 47 times you messed up this week. He loves you. If you can get that, then, then you've got Easter. If you can get that, then, then you can understand why we celebrate. And some of us, we've wandered away from that. We, we heard it. We've been to Easter now for 35 years or 50 years or 65 years. Your parents have been dragging you to Easter. But if we can just get that, it changes everything. That I do not have to be good enough. That God loves me as me. I know it changed everything for me when I realized that and, and my heart began to beat too. And, and I know that he's changed many of your hearts also and, and your hearts have begun to, your inner heart began to beat also. And, and if you're here today and, and you've never allowed Jesus to change your heart, to bring you back from the dead, he could do that miracle today in you right now. All you got to do is just ask him to forgive you. Just say, Jesus, forgive me, and I want to make you the Lord and Savior of my life. I heard this. I believe it. You're speaking to my insides. And when you turn to Jesus and give him your sin and accept his salvation, you will live eternally, and your heart will begin to beat. That's what we're talking about on Easter, and that's why we all come together. That's why Christians are here. We're here to magnify God because he allowed our heart to beat again. And so we smile, we rejoice, we're blessed, and we turn our eyes to him. There are a few people in our church who, who want to take an incredible step of obedience this morning, who want to respond to the reality that Jesus has changed their hearts and their eternities. And they, they wanted to get baptized this morning. And, and so I had each of them write a little bit about that the, the moment, and, and wanted, I wanted to share with that with you before we shift our uh, worship service outside for baptism. So in just a second, we're going to be stepping outside altogether. Worship's still continuing. It's not ending, but we're going to go do a baptism right out here. But I wanted to introduce you to the folks that are getting baptized really quick. And so let's have them come on up, Ethan, Annalie, and Dylan. So come on up, you guys. And you guys could just stand right here. Now, uh, so Ethan's from our elementary program. I know. Uh, and... Uh, <laughs> Anna Lee is from our youth group, and Dylan's from our college group. So, adult group, what are you doing? Where's the, you know, like, come on. Like, who's the adult pastor here? What the heck is... Uh, and so, I'm going to introduce them, uh, youngest to oldest here. Uh, and this is actually their things that they wrote. So, Ethan Song, he asked Jesus to be his Lord and Savior when he was in fifth grade. And he realized it was the right decision because he believed God would guide him through the hardships that he'll continually, and that God will continually bless him and his family. He writes this, in January, when I was going through a hard time, when all of a sudden I, I felt lonely, insecure, and doubtful about what, what was going to happen next, I felt God's hand touch my back. At first, I, it startled me, but, but then I realized that, that God was reassuring me. And I felt reassured and confident right then and there that God would help me through hardships. Ethan's influences are his teachers and his parents. Ethan says this about baptism. Baptism is his declaration of faith to the public. I want to publicize my passion and faith for God in this holy and sacred time, he says. Annalie Chan here, she received Jesus as her Savior and Lord a day uh, after VBS a few years ago. Here's what she wrote. I never thought about accepting Jesus because I'd never heard of it. It was during class session. Uh, we were doing a craft when Pastor Sam asked me why I never accepted Christ. I was very scared and surprised. <laughs> I said, I didn't fully understand what it meant. And he explained with an index card. 
we have sinned like a red dot on the index card, but after Jesus died on the cross for us, that dot goes away when we go to heaven. And the light just clicked on, and that simple explanation helped me understand. I knew who Jesus was, but I, I never tried to really have a relationship. Pastor Sam told me that all we have to do is accept Jesus' Jesus's gift through prayer. Next morning, I told God I accepted him as my Lord and Savior. I thought angels would appear and miraculous things to happen. I didn't see any angels, but after that day, I felt God's presence. I felt like I was connecting with him. Annalie wrote that baptism rep represents being born again and proclaiming you accept Jesus and showing others you believe in his sacrifice. So lastly, Dylan DeWitt was raised his entire life in Christian school and Christian family, and he's believed Jesus as his Lord and Savior for as long as he can remember. As he got older, he decided to learn more and get a deeper relationship with Jesus. And he's confident God is guiding him in his choices and helping him fulfill the plan God has for him. So he decided to get baptized today as that extra step to getting closer to Jesus. And he, he also writes this about getting baptized. I wanted to do it because the Bible says so. All right. So now <laughs> we're going we're gonna to head out that way. So if you can just stand up where you are, we're going to head out that way. And then after our baptism, there's, uh, there'll be a taco person right out there. We have tacos, uh, five, six, ten tacos for as many uh, as you want. Uh, we'll have that right after our baptism. So let's head on right outside this door. I'm watching that back exit, so you can't escape out that way. All right, we're going this way. In 30 seconds, get out there. All right, let's, uh, let's go ahead and bring on, uh, Ethan Song first, if he's here. Did he get out yet? Ethan Song, come on up here. Come on down. Jump on in, brother. All right, I'm going to ask uh, each of our uh, persons getting baptized, I'm going to ask them two questions. Ask them if they've accepted Lord Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. The answer is yes, and the uh, second question is, do you want to get baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit? And that answer is also yes, so just so you guys know, that's what you should answer, and, uh, and then we'll baptize them. So uh, we're, we're going to kneel down here, Ethan, because you're a big guy. All right. Ethan Song, have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Yes. And do you want to be baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit? on Ethan. We love him. We pray for your spirit to come upon him. Thank you for this brother. Thank you that he's so amazing and he's got a heart for you. I'm so excited what the next 50 years of his life will look like as he follows you. We love him. We pray this in your name. Amen. Yeah. All right. Annalie, where'd you go? Next. Oh, someone was pointing over there. Come on down. <laughs> All right. Got it? All right. Can you <laughs> kneel down? Uh, it is a heated jacuzzi. We first class here all the way. So not too bad, right? All right. So, Annalie, have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? And would you like me to baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? Uh, yes. 
us lift up Anneli. We thank you for her. She is such a sweet soul. And we rejoice with you as she takes this uh, faith step in you to get baptized. Would you continue to walk with her, bless her, and show her your love and goodness. We love her. We lift her up to you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Dylan, where's Dylan? Come on down. Cute slippers. <laughs> Those strawberry shortcake? Those are nice. <laughs> All right. Uh, Dylan, have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Yes. And would you like to be baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit? Jesus, we just pray over Dylan. We look for a life of fruit and faithfulness to you from him. God, thank you for making him amazing. He is such a blessing to all that know him. God, as he follows you, it is such a joy to be next to him. We love you, God. We love him. And we thank you for drawing him to you. In your name we pray. Amen. We're going to sing one worship song as we close out our service together. for loving us. We thank you for being with us. God, we look forward to an amazing rest of the day as we fellowship with you and we eat and we enjoy you. We love you, God, and we love our community that we get together with. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Happy Easter. Love you. Bless you. Great job.